Chapter 34 of Manx Fairy Tales by Sophia Morrison. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Witch of Slough Wallian. It was midsummer day, and the Peel Herring fleet, with sails half set, was ready for sea. The men had their barley sown, and their potatoes down, and now their boats were rigged and nets stowed on board, and they were ready for the harvest of the sea. It was a fine day. The sky was clear, and the wind was in the right airt, being from the north. But, as they say, if custom will not get custom, custom will weep. A basin full of water was brought from the holy well and given to the wise woman that sold fair winds, as she stood on the harbor side with the women and children to watch the boats off. They told her to look, and to tell of the luck of the herring fleet. She bent over the water, and, as she looked, her face grew pale with fear, and she gasped, Haroos, Haroos, and do ye know what I'm seeing? Let us hear, said they. I'm seeing the wild waves lashed to a foam away by the great brat ahead. I'm seeing the surge round the chicken's rock, and the breaker lip is red. I'm seeing where corpses toss in the sound, with nets and gears and spars. And never a one of the fishing fleet is riding under the stars. There was a dead hush, and the men gathered close together, muttering, till Gory, the admiral of the fishing fleet, stepped forward caught the basin out of her hands and flung it out to sea, growling, Sure as I'm alive, sure as I'm alive, woman. I've more than half a mind to heave you in after it. If I had my way, the like of you and your crew would be run into the sea. Boys, we're going to lose a shot for that bleb. Come on, let's go and chance it with the help of God. Aye, no herring, no wedding. Let's go and chance it, said young Cashin. So, hoisting sails, they left the port, and when the land was fairly opened out, so that they could see the calf, they headed for the south, and stood out for the shoulder. Soon a fine breeze put them in a fishing ground, and every man was looking for signs of herring, perkins, gannets, fish playing on the surface, oily water, and such like. When the sun was set, and the evening was too dark to see the admiral's flag, the skipper of each lugger held his arm out at full length, and when he could no longer see the black in his thumbnail, he ordered the men to shoot their nets. And as they lay to their trains, it all fell out as the witch said. Soon the sea put on another face. The wind from westward blew a sudden gale and swelled up the waves with foam. The boats were driven hither and thither, and the anchors dragged quickly behind them. The men hoisted sail before the wind and struggled to get back to land, and the lightning was all the light they had. It was so black dark that they could see no hill, and above the uproar of the sea they could hear the surges pounding on the rocky coast. The waves were rising like mountains, breaking over the boats and harrying them from stem to stern. They were dashed to pieces on the rocks of the calf, and only two men escaped with their lives. But there was one boat that had got safe back to port before the storm, and that was the boat of the seven boys. She was a Dalby boat, and belonged to seven young men who were all unmarried. They were always good to the Dooney Mary, the merman, 
and when they were hauling their nets, they would throw him a fishful of herring, and in return, they always had good luck with their fishing. This night, after the fleet had shot their nets some time, the night being still fine and calm, the seven boys heard the voice of the merman hailing them and saying, It is calm and fine now. There will be storm soon enough. When the skipper heard this, he said, Every herring must hang by its own gills. And he and his crew at once put their nets on the board and gained the harbor. And it was given for law ever after that no crew was to be made up of single men only. There was to be at least one married man on board, and no man was bound by his hiring to fish in the same South Sea, which was called the Sea of Blood from that day. As for the witch, they said that she had raised the storm by her spells, and they took her to the top of the great mountain, slew Wallian, put her into a spiked barrel, and rolled her from the top to the bottom, where the barrel sank into the bog. For many and many a long year there was a bare track down the steep mountainside, where grass would never grow, nor ling nor gorse. They called it the Witch's Way, and they say that her screams are heard in the air every year on the day that she was put to death. End of chapter 34 Recording by Andrew Calvillo